This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The following content is brought to you by Mr. Fister, Abigail 13, Orange Thunder, and Eric Smith. Boy, oh boy, I bet you guys did not see that coming. I didn't see it coming. I didn't know that we were going to get a Nintendo Direct today, but we absolutely did get a Nintendo Direct Mini today. I I left that Mini off the first time. And, uh, you know, it has surprised me. And there's some pretty cool stuff in there, some uh, stuff that we kind of already knew about. And uh, I think that we should just go ahead and get started on uh, episode 598, holy cow, of Nintendo Switchcraft. That's right, I said that there was a Nintendo Direct Mini today. And during this partner showcase, Nintendo talked about a whole bunch of different stuff from partners like Square Enix, Remedy Entertainment, uh, Koei Tecmo, HAL Laboratories. uh, And there were games that were featured. Games like Bravely Default, uh, Story of Seasons, Pioneers of Olive Town, um, Immortals Phoenix Rising, which for me, that was a big surprise. I didn't expect that at all. Um, then Hitman 3 and Control, those are probably the biggest surprises to, I think, the most people. But I don't find those to be super uh, super surprising, and I'll I'll explain why. Not, not because of the games that they are, but because of how they're being delivered. Uh, then, of course, uh, there was some um, Super Travis, uh, touch, Travis Touchdown uh, news as well. And um, let's let's go ahead and get started on that. And of course, there is a big demo that got announced uh, as well. But l- let's get started on all of the stuff that got talked about in the Nintendo Direct today. I want to start with uh, two games, Control and Hitman 3. Now, these two games... I think a lot of people were very, very surprised that it was announced. And the reason why people are surprised is because these games require a high-speed internet connection in order for you to play these games on the Nintendo Switch. And for a lot of people who don't follow this space quite as closely as perhaps you... um, A lot of people saw that and were like, holy cow, Nintendo is getting into the cloud gaming game. And uh, to those people, I'll say, well, actually, Nintendo's been doing this for a while. And you know what? That's not even, that's not accurate. I don't want to say that Nintendo's been doing this for a while. Um, Publishers have been doing this on Nintendo Switch for a while. So, for instance, Resident Evil 7, I don't know if you know this, but in Japan, you can play Resident Evil 7 on Nintendo Switch streaming. You can play Fantasy Star Online 2 on Nintendo Switch in Japan streaming. So you would basically download this super lightweight client 
and then they would stream the game to you. And they've been doing this for a couple of years now. So this is this is not uncharted territory for the Nintendo Switch. However, outside of Japan, that has not happened before. And that's probably why most people are seeing this. You know, we've got um, we've got uh, Stadia, we which I'll talk a little bit more about uh, in a bit. We've got Luna, we've got XCloud, and so the cloud space is starting to slowly push its way into uh, the mind space of the average gamer, which is why so like so many people are now paying more attention to that stuff which is why with these two games control and i forgot what the other one was again uh hitman 3 for those two games to come to nintendo switch in a streaming way that is big news because now people have had a chance to try out streaming and for most people they would probably say streaming works pretty damn well like I've been playing Stadia almost every day uh, since it came out, and it's been working really, really well. My question is, and you know, if you're somebody, I know I, that we have listeners uh, from Japan. So if you're somebody who has had access to um, streaming games on your Nintendo Switch in the past, like Resident Evil Seven or um, F- Fantasy Star Online Two and you have actually yourself used it, let me know. Because I've I've had a lot of people uh, back since 2017 when the Switch first came out in March, I've had a lot of people complain that the Wi-Fi chip in the Switch is not quite up to snuff. So, like, playing these games portably might not be the best experience. That's the one thing that I'm worried about is how well does it work on the Switch? Like I have not had a ton of really bad experiences with the Nintendo Switch in portable mode. And most of those I would probably chalk up to whoever I'm playing with because it's a peer-to-peer. Like I'll give you an example. Let's say I'm playing Smash Brothers and uh, the person that I'm playing against in Smash Brothers is on a hammock in their backyard sitting out in the sun playing against me and they're like really far from their Wi-Fi point. I have no way of knowing if if they're that person or if they have their Switch docked with an Ethernet cable. There's no way for me to know. So I assume that any time that I do have problems, it's because the people that I'm playing with have a crappy Internet connection. Now, I don't have a crappy internet connection, so maybe it's going to do just fine, but I don't know yet, and I'm, I'm very interested interested to see how it's going to work. Uh, so Hitman 3 and Control are both cloud, they call them cloud versions, and you're going to be able to play those games on Nintendo Switch, and they will look really, really good. Now, when you're playing on the Nintendo Switch in portable mode, the, the thing that's important to remember is that that is a 720p screen. So does that mean that they're going to limit it to 720p? In which case, if they do, then maybe the stream doesn't have to be quite so robust. And the, it'll like maybe the Wi-Fi chip in the Switch will be able to handle it better. 
or are they going to be sending you the, I don't know, 4K or 1080p signal just kind of compressed down to a 720p size? So for instance, what happens like if, if I'm doing my show and I'm broadcasting to Twitch, I broadcast out, I'm sending out to Twitch uh, a 1080p signal at 60 frames per second at 6,000 kilobits per second. And if I happen to have transcoding, which is awesome when I do, then people can watch it at a lower resolution and it's still going to look better than if I was just sending out a 720p signal. Uh, Anyway, I'm very interested to find out how this goes for people. So if you've tried Hitman 3, if you've tried Control, let me know. I'm at RunJumpStomp on Twitter. If you've tried Resident Evil 7 when it was over in Japan, if you've tried uh, Fantasy Star Online 2, let me know what how it ran for you because I'm very, very curious and I'm not going to run out and buy Hitman 3 or Control because I'm not really interested in either game. And if I were, I, I don't know that I would get it on Switch. I would probably get it someplace else. But I do want to know what you guys think. So, let me know at Run Jump Stomp on Twitter. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Speaking of streaming, this is not a game that's streaming, but it's coming to the Nintendo Switch. And if you want to try it right now, you can. You can try it right now. You can't try it right now on the Switch, but you can try it on Stadia for free. It doesn't cost you anything to try it out, although that's a time-limited thing. I think that the demo is going to go away in a couple of days. But the game that I'm talking about is Ubisoft's Immortals Phoenix Rising. It would, if I were to describe it, I would say it's an Assassin's Creed style game with an art style that is very reminiscent of Breath of the Wild, uh, and it's steeped in Greek mythology. You play as Phoenix, which you're like some kind of demigod, and you have like all of this, you know, this gear, like atlas's boots or orion's bow i'm just making these up i don't know which ones you actually have um pegasus's pegasus pegasus the wings of pegasus you know so you've got all of these different things to make you more powerful and it's got gameplay that is very similar to uh from what i've been told assassin's creed having never played assassin's creed before um i've played the demo on stadia The game is great, uh, and on Stadia, it works fantastically well. Uh, When it comes to Nintendo Switch, obviously, it's not going to look as good as it does on other platforms, but if you want to be able to take it around portably and not have to worry about internet connections, then obviously, this is the option for you. 
So here's what they have to say about Immortals Phoenix Rising. The fate of the world is at stake. Play as Phoenix, a new winged demigod on a quest to save the Greek gods and their home from a dark curse. Take on mythological beasts, master the legendary powers of the gods, and defeat Typhoon, the deadliest titan in Greek mythology in an epic fight for the ages. It launches on Nintendo Switch on on December 3rd with pre-orders beginning today. So you can go out and pre-order the game if you want. Um, Before you pre-order the game... If you've got a decent internet connection, go to um, just go to Stadia and you can try it out for the next couple of days and see if it's a game that you like. You don't have to have a Stadia controller. You don't have to have uh, anything except for like a computer and a controller. And actually, you could probably just play it with mouse and keyboard if you want. I I personally wouldn't myself, but that's just me. Uh, but that one is coming December 3rd and it's... You know, it surprises me. Uh, that's a pretty... I mean, the art style lends itself to lowering the resolution of stuff in order to make it run on the Switch without losing too much because of the the art style that they went with. But it's a really, really pretty game. Uh, so we'll see how good it looks on the Switch. I think that there's a lot of people that are really going to like it, especially if you enjoyed Breath of the Wild. I think that uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising, terrible name aside, um, is is a great game to come to the Nintendo Switch. Um, let's talk about a game that we already knew was coming to the Nintendo Switch, but they've been really, really quiet about, um, and that's Bravely Default. We've had a chance to play the demo a while back, uh, this is a game, this is a, um, you know, a JRPG from Square Enix, and um, they, they gave us a demo a while back, and we tried it out, and we were able to give them feedback. This is not the first time that they've done this, all right? Previously, they did the same thing with, um, oh my god, what's the what's the JRPG that looks like paper? Octopath Traveler. Recently, they did the same thing with Octopath Traveler. We played the demo, we gave them feedback. They took that feedback into account. They listened. And then they made it really, really great. And Octopath Traveler turned out to be a wonderful, wonderful game. They did the same thing with uh, Bravely Default 2. They brought out a demo. They got 20,000 pieces of feedback from the players. And they took all that stuff into account to try and fix the things that people uh, didn't like or died too much against or uh, you know, made things easier or made things harder, which I think is really, really awesome. I like that Square Enix is doing that. And I, I wish that more developers would do that kind of thing. Like take the time, put out a demo and, um, you know, it, if your game is really good, then a demo will sell it. And we'll talk more about that very soon. Here's what they have to say about Bravely Default 2. Brought together by fate, four heroes will embark on a great voyage in the beautiful and engaging role-playing game, Bravely Default 2, from Square Enix. Or on the Nintendo Direct, they said Square Enix. So it begs the question, have I been saying Square Enix wrong this entire time? I don't know, but I'm going to keep saying Square Enix because that's what I say. Uh, The creators of the Final Fantasy series. It's funny that they point that out because there are some myself included, who would say that this game, Bravely Default and Bravely Default 2, 
would do insanely better if they just called it Final Fantasy. Just call it Final Fantasy Bravely Default. And people would buy way more copies of this. Don't change anything about it except for the title and it would sell more. That's just how marketing works, everybody. Uh, anyway, they want, they went on to say, in the series New Adventure, players will set off on an epic journey, visiting stunning locations, meeting intriguing characters, and battling dastardly villains. By defeating enemies called Asterisk Bearers, the heroes will acquire asterisks, which allow them to change jobs. Using the right combination of jobs, players can turn the tide of battle in their favor. They showed off a couple of new asterisks, I guess is what you would call them. They showed off the Vanguard and the Bard today. Um, the Vanguard is a super defensive character, which is very awesome. I always love having those that kind of character in my party. But then they showed off the Bard. And I... I love the idea of playing as a bard in D and D. I like the idea of playing as a bard. Um, I was playing um, Baldur's Gate three, and I made my character. He can't be a bard because they don't have that in the game yet because it's an early access game. But I was playing as as close to a bard as I can. Right now, I'm a thief with points in performance in order to have a higher charisma. Anyway. Uh, I love the idea of playing as a bard. Bards are really more area of effect characters, so they can attack all of the enemies at the same time, or they can buff all of the good guys at the same time. Um, they also showed off the white mage and the beast master, as well as the gambler. The gambler, I think, is a very, very interesting mechanic where when you go to attack, you spin a wheel. And you've got a chance to do damage based on where that wheel lands. Or there's one spot on that wheel that will straight up kill you. <laughs> I, I don't know if... Uh, I'm not a gambling man. So I don't know if that's what I'm going to check out. Uh, there is a... Um, the, if you haven't checked out the demo, I think the demo is still available for you to try. It's a really cool... Like, the first game was amazing. I, I loved it on the 3DS. It doesn't have the best... Well, okay. If you watch the Nintendo Direct, when you look at it, you're going to say, well, this doesn't look all that great. But when you're playing it, it's really pretty. And I don't know any other way to say it. It it, it tends to be a pretty game, but just looking at it being played doesn't do it justice, uh, mostly because the characters are so low poly. Um, the voice acting is funny uh, in the demo, and I'm looking forward to seeing more of what comes from this game. Um, there's more information posted to the official Nintendo YouTube channel, uh, that came out, uh, earlier today and the game launches exclusively for Nintendo switch on February 26th, 2021. So, you know, we've got some stuff to play next year. Now, if you're like me, then your first real foray into the town simulation, uh, farming simulation genre of game was probably Stardew Valley. Like for me, that was the first time that I played a game like that. And I understand that that game 
which was made by one guy, was based on how much he loved Harvest Moon. And Harvest Moon games weren't being made, so he was like, screw it, I'll do it myself. Well, Story of Seasons is basically from the team that made the Harvest Moon games. And Story of Seasons, the pioneers of Olive Town, is coming to Nintendo Switch on March 23rd, uh, 2021. Man, March and February are starting to look pretty good. I'm not super excited for this game. Of that style of game, Animal Crossing is really more my jam, and I I care less about Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley is obviously a really, really great game, and I love the farming aspect to it, and the building, and the mining, and fighting the, the monsters down in the cave. I could not stand... The and people are gonna shut people are gonna stop subscribing to the podcast when I say this, but I could not stand talking to the townspeople and remembering their birthdays and that kind of thing. So I don't know if uh, pioneers of Olive Town are like that, but I think that that's what it's like. I think it, I think it has those aspects as well, especially if it's like a Harvest Moon style game. Uh, like I said, comes out March 23rd, probably pretty exciting for some people, just not for me. Another game that is very exciting for lots of people, and for me, I just don't care even a little, and that's probably not fair because I've never played any of these games, but uh, No More Heroes 3. Uh, here's what they have to say. Experience the latest exploits of the legendary assassin Travis Touchdown in No More Heroes 3. In this game, players are put into the middle of the action as the fight between assassins becomes a battle on a galactic scale. Destroy aliens in the Garden of Madness when No More Heroes 3 launches exclusively for Nintendo Switch in 2021. Now, if you're like me, and maybe maybe you think that this is, sounds great and you want to check it out, and make sure you look at the video um, of the Nintendo Direct so you can see what the game plays like. I do admit it looks kind of cool. Uh, but if you're like me and you've never played any of these games and you're like, well, maybe maybe I want to try them out, but I want to go back to the beginning and try out the, the original ones. Well, the first two No More Heroes games, um, No More Heroes and No More Heroes 2 Desperate Struggle, uh, originally launched on the Wii console. They are now, now, like right now, available on the Nintendo Switch, so you can pick those up if you want. Speaking of picking things up, there's a game called Part-Time UFO uh, where you are this weird little... Uh, this reminded me... There was this game that I played on, my, on the Atari 2600 uh, back in the day uh, called Cosmic Arc. If you are listening to this right now and you loved Cosmic Arc, I want you to tweet at me, at RunJumpStomp, a picture of Cosmic Arc. Just go on the internet, find a picture of Cosmic Arc, and tweet it at me. That game was fantastic. I loved it. Uh, in that game, you played this little, uh, well, you played a big spaceship, and asteroids would come flying at you, and you had to blow them all up. And then they would go to a second screen, and you would fly a little spaceship out of the big spaceship, and you would had to abduct aliens uh, from like they'd be running back and forth on the ground and you had to go down use like a, a little teleporter beam to or, or tra tractor beam to pull these little aliens up into your ship and then get back to the main ship the mothership 
uh, before an asteroid came and hit you. It was a, an incredibly fun game. I absolutely loved it. And that's what I thought of when I saw part-time UFO. Now, it doesn't quite play like that, but you do play a little tiny UFO spaceship and you have to fly around and use like a, a claw, like like the claw games, like in Toy Story, like that kind of claw, you know, the claw. Um, you, you have like this claw and you use it to pick items up and stack them and you want to stack things up really, really high. So what's it like? Why am I going with Cosmic Arc as the, I don't know, man, my brain is messed up. That's why. Uh, but anyway, you play as this spaceship, you pick things up, you stack things up. You can also play multiplayer, hand somebody else a Joy-Con and you work together to pick things up and stack things as high as you can which is really, really cool. Um, it says here, part-time UFO is available right now on the Nintendo Switch. Um, you know you know what this says? You know what I think would do really well? First off, get this game a demo so people can try it out. If your game has a demo, if your game is really good and it has a demo, it'll sell. All right, so if you're confident in your game, put a demo. We'll come back to that in a minute. Um, this this seems like the kind of game that would very much appeal to people who liked snipper clips, um, just from what I saw in the video. All right, uh, quick. Uh, I'm going to go through four uh, announcements, and then we'll get to the big announcement. Well, for me, the big announcement because I'm selfish. It's my show, and I want to talk about the stuff that I like. Uh, surviving the aftermath. Tropico 6, Bakugan, and Griftlands all got information dropped about them. Uh, Surviving the Aftermath launches spring of 2021. Tropico 6 lands on November 6th. You can pre-order later today. Uh, Bakugan Champions of Hysteria. Remember when we had a Nintendo Direct? or I don't think it was a Direct... There was a some kind of Nintendo announcement, and they were like, and afterwards, we're going to mention something, and everybody was like, oh, is it Metroid? Is it Zelda? Is it a new Mario game? Is it, what is it? It was Bakugan. Now, to be fair, Nintendo said, manage your expectations. It's not that big of a deal, but then it was Bakugan. So I, I think that not a lot of people are excited for that game, or at least I certainly am not. Um, that's coming out exclusively on the switch on november 3rd and then griftlands is coming uh summer next year uh, if you want to check out more of that stuff head to runjumpstomp.com and you can see links to all of these games all right uh let's take a quick break i'm going to take a drink and when we come back we're going to talk about zelda Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity is now a demo. That's right. You know, all episode I kept saying, if you think your game's good, then make a demo and your game will sell. Well, Nintendo must have been listening to the million times that I've said that. uh, And they put out a demo for Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. The game comes out on November 20th, but the demo is available right now. Now, maybe you are out and about doing stuff. Pause the show. Well, listen to this part first and then pause the show. Uh, Pause the show. Go to Nintendo.com. Sign in and you can tell your phone, say, download this demo now. And by the time you get home, 
it might already be downloaded for you. I sadly have not had a chance to play it yet. I have been at work all day. I sat down, I watched the Nintendo Direct, and I started recording the podcast right as soon as I finished with that. So, I have not played it yet. But I would like to talk about it. So guess what? Friday's episode, that's what I'm going to be talking about. I'm also going to be talking about what you think about the Nintendo Direct Mini. So follow me on Twitter at RunJumpStomp and let me know what you all think of the Nintendo Direct Mini. I tweeted this out earlier today. I said, what does everybody think of it? Uh, Reply. And what do you think of the demo? All right. Did you enjoy the demo for Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity? Let me know. Again, on Twitter at RunJumpStomp. Speaking of Twitter.com slash RunJumpStomp, last episode, I tweeted this out. I said, racking my brain, why in the nine hells would Nintendo continue to limit access to a digital good? In this case, I was talking about uh, Fire Emblem. Uh, Of course, Super Mario 3D All-Stars and Mario 35. And I said, can you think of a good reason... I can't. Uh, and I had a bunch of people answer questions. So Dr. B, he says, artificial scarcity. Nike does the same thing with sneakers. They can make as many as people want, but create artificial scarcity for the hype. And so people like you will talk about it. And while that's true, I do think that this is, there's always that old adage that there's no such thing as bad press. I think that this is bad press. Um, Yes, I am talking about it, but I'm talking about this stuff in a very negative way. And it's different than artificial scarcity because, sure, Nike can do the same thing with sneakers. But that's a physical item. That is an actual physical thing that you can hold. And it's perfectly reasonable to do what we're talking about with physical items. That makes perfect sense to me. But when you're talking about a digital good where you could just make a copy of it, there's no reason to limit it. So I don't like that. Uh, Brad Farrell says, I'm sure it all comes down to money. In some model, it showed that they would sell more out of the gate if they limited its availability. While I can understand limited physical releases, the digital side seems counterintuitive to me. That's how I feel as well. Stephen Brooks said, maybe it's just to keep keep it on everyone's radar and keep us talking about it. But when we're talking about it, we're mostly complaining about it. And that's not a good thing. Um... Gamer on the right says, artificial scarcity triggering a buy impulse. I really disliked Fire Emblem Awakening, but my Super Smash Brothers main is Marth. And I have a weird compulsion to buy the Fire Emblem 1 localization despite not liking Fire Emblem gameplay because it's the only available for a little while. God, I hope that's not the reason. Don't buy it. Gamer on the right, don't do it. Don't buy that game. Um, you're not going to enjoy it if you don't like Fire Emblem gameplay. It's just going to irritate you. We'll do two more. Uh, Max Rodriguez says, I guess if they say buy this now, otherwise it will be gone forever, more people will feel like they have to buy it in fear of missing out as a limited time thing. And I can understand that, but when they it's like around for months, then a lot of people will say, well, I'm going to wait a little bit. And the urge to buy it passes, I think, uh, especially if it's something that it's, the, you know, like the Fire Emblem game to our last uh, responder doesn't really care for that. Uh, one more um, amazing deal says it's the Disney effect trying to create a false demand, just like Disney did back when they did that whole 
Disney vault thing. And I'm with you. I'm with you. But I think that, do, do you guys think the bad press outweighs the benefit that they're getting from it? I personally think that that's a, a, a bad thing. All right. That's it for the episode today. Thank you guys for listening. You're awesome. I really do appreciate it. Um, I also really appreciate everybody who has taken the time to head on over to our uh, our Patreon. Now, there are, there are three days left. Well, by the time you hear this, probably two days left. Uh, for you to join the Patreon uh, for a year at a discount of two months. So if you subscribe for the whole year, then you get two months of those benefits for free. What are the benefits you might ask? Well, it depends on which tier you join at. So if you join at the buck a month tier, which is a dollar a month, like that's nothing. If you join at the buck a month tier, you get all of the episodes of all of my podcasts without any ads in them. If you join at the early access tier, you get early access to all of the podcasts. If you join at higher tiers, there's other benefits that um, that you get. Like some people get stickers, some people get hoodies, some people get mugs. So you can find out all of that over at patreon.com slash run jump stomp. And at the end of the show, I always shout out our um, our uh, producers. Uh, so big thank you to Matt Hadfield, John Eisenmenger, Bowser, Travis McGuire, Joycephine, and Jog Leap Stamp. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you guys next time. Until then, stay awesome. And let me know what you think of the Nintendo Direct and Hyrule Warriors. I'm out of here. Stay rad. Bye, everybody.